Hey, welcome to this episode of the Hillside Church Podcast. My name is Dan Wiley, and I'm joined by friend and lead pastor, Robbie Severson. We wanted to start recording more content and conversations as an effort to try to encourage and equip our church midweek. We hope to cover a variety of topics as well as hear from others in our church. Today, we want to talk about how to engage unbelievers with the gospel. here in our fancy studio sipping some Montana gold Mm. and talking about your new motorcycle. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. I do have a motorcycle that I got. I actually received it a year ago, September 14th, but I didn't get it into my possession until this summer, like the end of July. And then... It sat for five years, so I had to work on getting it started, and now it's running. But the cool thing about this bike, this is my fourth motorcycle. Um, the cool thing about this bike is it's super meaningful because it was my cousin's motorcycle. Have I told you this? Mm-hmm. I've told you this, but not the podcast world. Nope. Yeah, it was my cousin's motorcycle. He was the very best friend I've ever had, except for you, Dan. and um, Julianne. He was in Julianne. He was and Kyle Smith, two weeks older than me, and we were pretty much inseparable. We lived four hours apart, but when we were together, we were together and he passed away five years ago and from a he just had a genetic kidney uh disease, which meant that over the course of his life he had a number of kidney transplants, and then it just he decided not to get another transplant, went on hospice, passed away. Um, I really loved him. And when my uncle asked me last year if I was interested in his motorcycle, I couldn't say yes fast enough because it's just a piece of Ryan. And Ryan really loved his bike. So um, it's not like the best and the biggest and the nicest motorcycle, but it's something that I cherish and I hopefully will have for a very long time. And then maybe I'll give it to Micah. Or potentially Brenna. She seems more like a motorcycle driver. Is it a Triumph? It's not, no. Is it a Harley Davidson? No. That's, those are the only ones I know. Yeah. It's a Yamaha Virago, 1996. Ooh, that sounds... 1100cc Is that a motorcycle. Lot? It's a pretty big bike, and it's a good size. Well, you picked up your daughter from school with it, so that's probably the coolest way to <laughs> get picked liked. up ever. She liked it. We're going to do it again today, actually, so... I used to be embarrassed when I got picked up, but now Brynn is probably minivan? proud. Well, yeah, actually. Yeah. An old mini, rusted minivan. Yeah. But if your mom would have picked you up in a motorcycle, game changer. A game changer. Today we're going to talk about engaging unbelievers, which does not mean getting engaged to unbelievers. Yeah. Missionary dating. Missionary marriage. Yeah. So That's not, not what we're talking not about. Not to be confused. Um, but we're talking about engaging unbelievers, um, making disciples, evangelism, whatever you want to call it. And so first question I have for you, Robbie, is why should we as Christians engage unbelievers with the gospel? Well, I mean, I think the very first answer to that question without really diving into other questions is um, I, I would say it's a mandate. Uh, by Jesus to his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Not only is it a mandate, it is our privilege. It's like who we are. It's what we do. It's our calling. So I would say, why should we? Because Jesus said we should. Um, 
maybe a follow-up question to that is what is the gospel? And that's probably a totally different podcast, but yeah. And I think when we're talking about this, just for definition, we're just talking about the the good news, the gospel, the good news of Jesus that he came and died and resurrected and offers life, right? And eternal life for us. So if I was going to put you on the spot right now, how would you say this has, how have you practiced or not practiced this in your life? Like, has this been something that you feel like is a weak point in your life, uh, you know, over the span of the last 40 years? Sure. Uh, I guess I have a hard time figuring out how to like qualify or quantify if I've done a good job sharing the gospel because when I was a kid, I remember in youth ministry as a kid, there was, there were big programs called operation good news. Have you ever heard of those? There was another one called Synth, but where you went to these like week long things, learned how to share the gospel and then went to parks or door to door and shared the gospel with people. And in that sense, I would say I'm really bad at that. Like just knocking on doors yep. or going to parks and sharing the gospel part of the question to me is hard to answer because it's like, well, I'm a pastor because of my desire for people to know Christ. It's, you know, you don't, it's a calling, but you don't just become a pastor for, so you can have sweet Yamaha Viragos and, you know, Mm -hmm. big, big houses. So it's like, and maybe you want to scrub this from the podcast, but it's like, I would say my life has revolved around the gospel. Maybe definitely not perfectly, but in the sense that that's what, I do and what I want to do. It doesn't mean you have to be a pastor to do it, but yeah, I don't have a relationship that I can think of where people are unaware of my relationship with Christ and that I would like them to have the same relationship. They don't all start with, Hey, tell me about where you're going when you die. Yeah. But, um, which is probably good. Right. <laughs> right. And even just starting, like maybe we should start here is, if I, if I want to share the gospel, does that mean I have to be a missionary to some far off place? Like if somebody's listening to this and they think, well, isn't that for one, the pastor, or isn't that for right. two, like the missionary maybe going to some third world country? Yeah, no, definitely not. And uh, you don't have to be a missionary and you don't have to be a pastor. In fact, I think that the majority of the people that are in our congregation have a more of a mission field to preach the gospel than you and I do daily. I mean, we try and get out, right? We sit at our same table at Starbucks frequently, or we try and meet people on the daily, but most people that come to church are coming to church believing what we believe. And so we do our best to get into the community, but the people that work every day at the university or interact every day at a seed distributor, or I'm trying to think of like where we live, you know, they are interacting with unbelievers constantly and have frequent opportunities to share the gospel. And the reason I think I can say that with the authority, the quick, like, yes, there's, you don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be a pastor is I spent that six months before I came here selling cars at a Toyota dealership. And I would say that was the most effective ministry in terms of sharing the gospel that I've ever had because I was in the face of people that didn't agree with me about my faith in Christ every day. And I bought a car from you. I didn't mean in their face. I just meant I was in the, in the lives of people rubbing shoulders with those who have different worldviews. 
What so, do you think about the question you just asked me? Well, I would. I agree wholeheartedly. I think. I don't think. You know, pastors don't get off the hook from it by any means. As mm-hmm. and obviously missionaries either, because that's you know why they're doing what they do. Um, but you know, it's a call to all Christians to um, take the gospel to the places God's called them. Uh, you know, neighborhoods, friendships, uh, workplaces, families, and and to live it out wherever they've been placed and called and assigned um, by God. Mm. And so I hope we uh, end, it, you know, I want this, this podcast to be more encouraging, um, but I do want to ask the question, you know, why don't, if Christians don't engage in sharing the gospel, why do you think that is? And because somebody might be listening and they're like, oh, here's another podcast on evangelism or something. And instantly you can start to feel shame, like, oh, you know, I don't do this enough, or, uh, you know, I, it needs to look this certain way. But I think it's good to be honest about, and, and starting at like, if I don't do this, why don't I do it? Yeah. So what would you say? Why don't people share the gospel more if they don't? Yeah. Uh, would you be offended if I flip it, the question, and ask you what you think? Or do you want to know what I think before you, we know what you think? I, I will answer. Okay, yeah, let's hear what you think. Um, and I can speak personally. I think, uh, one, you know, Roman, uh, Paul says in Romans, I'm ash- you know, I'm unashamed of the gospel. Yeah. I think a lot of us can be ashamed of the gospel uh, when, it, when we're in a public sphere, you know, with outside of the church, maybe we are ashamed. And over the last few years, I've become more, I've gotten to the point where I really believe the gospel is good news for people. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is I've gotten more interested in uh, different worldviews and apologetics and and learning about, you know, secularism or just different things that the culture is offering and not to um, speak you know, badly or anything of, of that. But I, I do come to the realization that, oh my gosh, I think the gospel is actually good news. <laughs> like it's better news than what the world is offering these people. Yeah. Like if they, if you, you know, boil it down, what Jesus is offering, I think is tremendously better in every sense of the word, you know, every, every sense possible than some of these other worldviews that we're seeing pop yeah. up of, you know, that are newer or those that are older. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's really good. Would you say that another reason that we struggle to share the gospel is just that fear of rejection? Yeah. And for me in this culture, it's like, it's like such an ugly thing to people, uh, for anyone to say that there's something that is absolutely true or that there's only one way to something. Right. I mean, we are in a a time in history where people can't even agree on how many, I mean, science I think could, but people won't even agree on how many genders there are. We And I know that's like a hot take. Maybe that offends somebody. I don't mean to, but, but we struggle. I don't personally, but people in our culture struggle to say, you know, what, what we love to say in our culture is what's true for you is true for you. And the newest iteration of that is what's true for you or what's true for me should all be true for you also. And anyone who hears the gospel or good news that has been blinded by Satan 
they see that as so offensive and we try so hard not to offend people right. with the truth. Um, and, and so it, I think we're just scared of being rejected. rejected. And I think too, something that's brought me comfort in that is, you know, you can feel, you can buy into kind of what the culture might say towards Christians, uh, you know, claiming that they have the truth as very narrow minded and that, you know, we ought not to push our beliefs on other people who might have a different worldview. Mm -hmm. Um, but even in saying that is doing exactly that towards us, right? So if somebody, Mm -hmm. if I say, Hey Robbie, you shouldn't push your worldview on me if I don't share the same beliefs as you, right? I'm pushing my belief system on you to not do that. Right. Right. So there were, people are always evangelizing or spreading their gospel, um, whether it's Jesus or, you know, a secular worldview of how I ought to think or believe or do or not do. Mm -hmm. One other thing on that point is I think one of the other reasons that we struggle to share the gospel is we don't personally experience the gospel daily. Um, in, in that sense, and it's not me saying like, oh, you should think of yourself as a pile of garbage and that would help you to experience the gospel. But on the daily, if we realize that my righteousness is as filthy rags and that I have nothing outside of the blood of Jesus Christ, I cannot enter into relationship with God without Jesus. And I'm not free from myself. I'm not free from sin. Like I don't have the opportunity to live a kingdom life and that there's really no future for me. If I don't realize any of that without Jesus Christ, then the gospel isn't like meaningful to me. And so I don't think it's an exercise in like self-deprecation, but I do think when we don't realize when we on some level believe that we are who we are because of ourselves, then we don't share the gospel but we, we kind of tell other people to pull pull up their own bootstraps and do it themselves. We have this very individualized culture too. And um, so for me, like the desire to lead people to Christ and share the gospel has to come from the reality of what he's done for me constantly. Yeah. And I don't know, I going back to our last podcast, I'd say one of the best ways to be good at that is to be in community like where you have people reminding you, helping you. Yeah. But. And I would say along the lines of community, uh, another reason maybe we don't is that we're so invested in church community hmm. that we actually don't rub shoulders with people of different worldviews. Yeah. Right. Where we can get so hyper church community oriented hmm. um, where the only people we interact with are those who agree with us or mm-hmm. those at our own church. And so I think it's important for us, you know, especially as pastors, right? It can be hard to be involved in the lives of unbelievers. Cause like we work together and, you know, we spend time with people in our church and all yeah. these things. And so it's important uh, as believers to be, you know, engaging with even just building relationships. How with, do you do that people. as a pastor? I think it takes intentionality, mm-hmm. um, but even in, in, in not adding, being like, okay, I need to add these new things, mm-hmm. but even just being intentional with, you know, how many people do you come across in a day? A ton, mm-hmm. right? Coffee shop, mm-hmm. the gym, your neighborhood, your neighbors, 
And so for me, it's not like I want to add another thing and another thing. It's like, what are the, who are the relationships, um, that I'm already people that I see on a regular basis? You know, maybe I see the same person at the coffee shop or the gym, or as Michael Scott says, what's her face from Quiznos? I see her three times a week. (laughs) (laughs) But just taking those, you know, places we're already seeing people and, Mm -hmm. and just being intentional, like how many of us don't even know our neighbors? Yeah. Like we'll start step one. What if we said hi to our neighbor? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I actually think, I mean, in line with all of this, how do I get into relationship with someone? What does it look like to share the gospel? How does it even begin? I think even the intentional act of just looking up from your phone and saying hello to people, yeah. like even an act of your will and saying, I'm going to say hi to people. I mean, people in our town are generally very friendly. You wave to a lot of different people, you know, yeah. but like just saying hi every day to the guy that you see at the coffee shop may open a door or, mm-hmm. Hey, I've seen you a bunch. I didn't catch your name. Yeah. It's Robbie, you know, and Cause the next question frequently after mine's Robbie is what do you do for work? Oh, what do you do for work? Oh, yeah. pastor. Oh, I would have never guessed you don't look like one cause you're wearing sweatpants, you know, <laughs> whatever, yeah. you know, anyway, the conversation just grows. Yep. And then there are opportunities at that point to share what you're passionate about. And, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't, I don't think it has to be as like rocket science as we make it. Right. How do you get into relationship with people? And for some of us, it's just learning the art of saying hello and starting there. Yep. Putting the phone down, mm-hmm. not walking around with your AirPods in all the time. You know, is that, are you trying to convict me for as, looking at my Apple As he watch looks at his Apple watch. Listening to my music. Just kidding. No, it's okay. Well, and this topic kind of came up as I was reading through Colossians and uh, it kind of prompted this whole idea of so often I think um, Christians and maybe the worst part of Christians is we miss the we're we're so fixated on sharing 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 Um, and you see it right now like not just Christians but all sorts of people of such a hostile environment and just this hostile tone on social media, in person, whatever. And there's just a few, a Colossians says, act wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should answer each person. Mm-hmm. And so just the idea, if you know people get nothing else um, from this, is that just as important uh, as what we say is how we say and how, how we say it and how we live. Like mm-hmm. a, multiple calls in scripture to to do this are tied with and do it in this way. Like First Peter says, you know, that the the go to verse about apologetics. But in your hearts, regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. So first, you know, it's actually in this specific instance, it's somebody coming to you because of the way you're living a life of hope and asking. But then he says, yet do this with gentleness and reverence, keeping a clear conscience so that when you are accused, those who disparage your good conduct in Christ will be put to shame. Mm. And so tied hand in hand with 
the, the message that we give, the reason we give is a call to do it with all gentleness. And so mm-hmm. I think in a time where we, you know, social media is full of just hate type of conversing now is such an, uh, an important time for us as Christians. Like when we are talking about our faith, not shoving it down somebody's throat or, or yelling, screaming at people uh, online or, you know, in person, but doing, sharing what we believe with all gentleness and respect, you know, in first Peter elsewhere, it says, uh, dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul. And he says, conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day he visits. And mm. so just this importance of how are we living our life? Yeah. Are we, are we proclaiming something and then treating people like garbage, you right. know, like who would want to be a part of Christianity if that's all they see. Mm-hmm. And so just, just as important as what we say is how we live our life. Definitely. And how we say what we say. Mm-hmm. And I know that in so many ways, you already said this, but I'm going to reiterate um, that the kingdom of God comes when the king is known. And the king is known by our actions and how we say things, but also by the words that come out of our mouths. And I'm just thinking of Romans 10 starting in verse 14, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? So just this reality of like how we say it matters and the fact that we say it matters. How will they know unless we tell Mm -hmm. them, you know? So it has to come in gentleness, but it also has to come with our words. Yeah, it's know? not like a call to vote the right way, as offensive as that might sound. It's not a call to feed the right people. It's not a call to clothe the right people. All of those things are good, and all of those things are biblical. But ultimately, people will not know about Jesus unless it comes out of our mouths. We have to tell them. So uh, maybe that was too forceful. but so So not only do we need to pair what we say with good works and gentleness Mm -hmm. we also can't replace proclaiming it right with saying oh i'm just gonna you know show my good works right and so not separating those two but keeping those two in in unison yeah right that's good so as we wrap up um you know kind of get towards the end of this podcast what would you say just to encourage someone you know say there's somebody in our church um young person old person doesn't matter and they want to grow in this area what were some maybe things starting points you would you would say or ways to encourage them that in fact they can be obedient to this and live this out and it doesn't have to be weird or it doesn't have to be you know something that's super super stressful or Maybe it is uncomfortable, maybe not, but how would you encourage someone? Yeah. I think if it's something you've never done, it will be uncomfortable. I mean, it, and maybe I'm wrong in saying that, but I, I, there are very few things in my life that I've ever done for the first time that I was like, yeah, man, I totally nailed that. I like riding a motorcycle? Oh, I'm pretty sure I almost killed myself the first time I rode a motorcycle. It was, it was 
foolish and hopefully my mom doesn't listen to this but it was like at night and yeah so no you never like you're never gonna nail it on your first try but i think just being aware of that is okay and we have such a like a perfectionist mindset in our culture like i'm not gonna do it if it's not perfect yeah i think one start with friends like people that you're close to if you have friends that are unbelievers and hopefully you do i i would even start with like hey this is really weird for me but i have to tell you about my hope I have to. And if it's weird for you, I'm so, I'm sorry, but we're close friends, right? Can I just tell you about the hope I have in Jesus Christ? And I think maybe it's possible that if you're listening to this podcast, you were like sort of hoping for like a really cool like bridge into something like a natural Christian conversation. Like, hey, let's talk about basketball and see yeah. how you know, the crossover relates to the cross of Christ. Or like, like, speaking of motorcycles. Yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't just kind of go for it. And not, not, I mean, you can even say, hey, this might feel weird for you. It feels weird for me, but this is like my hope. Yeah. And I need to tell you about it. And there will be more natural opportunities, I think, in life too. I will say this. I think one very easy way to share the gospel or even share your life with people is to invite them to church where the body of Christ meets, where we love each other, where we hear from God's word. Um, and those can open up a lot of conversations too, just those kinds of events. But how about for you? Well, I would say along those lines too, like that makes a good point of it. I think when I was younger, newer in my faith, I was so gung ho on the call to make disciples. And, yeah. but I put so much pressure on myself feeling like I need to win this person over Hmm. rather than seeing that one, it's not up to me. I can say I can do a horrible job explaining the gospel and someone's like, you know, it just clicks. God opens their heart to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I can do a fantastic, you know, perfect job of, of explaining the gospel. And somebody's like, that's stupid. Right. And so it's ultimately realizing it's not up to us. Hmm. And also, um, it's not only up to you, like it's up to, it's the call of, of the church. Mm. So sometimes we, we read that with just a really individualistic yeah. um, lens where I think it's my, I have this relationship with this one person and I'm the only person that can reach that person. So I have to do it rather than like you're saying, inviting them into community. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you have friends that, uh, maybe have a shared interest with them and you just invite them into relationship. So now they're not just hearing from Robbie, they're hearing it from a different angle with some, you know, one of your friends or you invite them mm-hmm. into a community uh, just to meet even other Christians and to see, you know, it's not just how Robbie does it. So taking, mm-hmm. right. Paul says, you know, I planted Apollos water, but God gives the growth. Mm-hmm. And so taking the pressure off of and, um, not feeling like it has to happen right away. Right. Yeah. It's okay. If it's a crock pot, mm-hmm. you know, thing, it's several year relationship, just planting seeds, planting seeds, trying, you know, doing mm-hmm. what you can. Uh, we kind of sometimes want the microwave. Like I said, the gospel now repent and yeah. say this prayer, you know, mm-hmm. where it, then can be almost maybe even more so about us accomplishing something. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And, and with that, I think that changes the way we relate to people too. That 
if they don't respond the way we want them to, then we don't push away. We stay at the table because, yeah, they're still maybe not followers of Christ, but we know that this is a long process. And yeah. we love them because they're made in the image of God. Right. And we want them to know Jesus. We want them to know the hope that we have. Yeah. And that's exactly right. I think if we're building relationships, like actually enjoy the person. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if there's this atheist person and I'm, you know, I have a lot of friends that have a much different worldview than me. And I actually enjoy, like just actually enjoy spending time with them because mm. it can, sometimes it can feel like we are just building relationships so that we can peddle something to them. Yeah. Right. And then if they don't respond the way we like, well, then it's like, well, see you later. Bye. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually just give yourself permission to, man, I'm going to enjoy this person. I hope they come to know Christ. I do. And I'm going to pray for that. But yeah. at the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy them. Like you said, they're made in the image of God. Yep. I feel like we should say that there's a leak in the roof at church and the roof is being fixed right mm. now. Yep. In case people hear all the banging. Yep. So they picked the wrong time or we picked the wrong time. Well, we're in the basement too. So I thought we'd be safe, but we're not, they're really slugging away at something mm-hmm. up there. Um, a couple of other things I would maybe add just as hopefully an encouragement is w- one idea is just pray for opportunities. Mm-hmm. And when I first thought of this, it's the simplest thing, but it was kind of mind blowing. Like, Oh yeah. Duh. Why don't I pray for opportunities? I, I remember yeah. listening to a podcast by, uh, Vince and Joe Vitale, they're apologists, um, mm. married couple. Anyways, they th- can't, they shared that idea. Like first just pray for opportunities. And so that morning I literally was like, okay, I'm gonna pray for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I was just, when I wasn't working at a church and went to my job and you know, it was like before I just prayed, God, would you give me an opportunity to just have a meaningful gospel conversation with a coworker or somebody. Mm-hmm. And that same morning, I find out that this coworker that I've sat next to for a year, his, his dad is a pastor and hmm. he grew up in the church, on the worship team, all this stuff, you know, for, at some point wasn't engaging in the faith anymore. But I was, I sat by him for a year and I didn't even, you know, I had no idea. And so that just started a new aspect of the relationship and getting to hear like a lot of his family's in ministry and, hmm. but, and he grew up in the church, but at some point, you know, decided to step away. And so, but it was crazy because I just prayed for that that morning. Mm-hmm. And then that I happened to learn this very important detail of this person's life, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like an hour later into the day. Mm-hmm. And so starting just with like praying for opportunities, God, give me eyes to see, give me an opportunity to, to share the hope that is within me. Yeah. I feel like one last thought as I'm studying for the Lord's prayer, that sermon that I'm preaching this week, just when Jesus says, pray thy kingdom come, it's interesting that the verbs used around kingdom by Jesus or in the new Testament, never call me or you to build the kingdom. Yeah. God's kingdom comes, God's kingdom appears. And so it speaks to this reality that like, we have some impotency in our ability to bring the kingdom, but we do operate as embassies of God's kingdom in where we are. And so we're little ambassadors for Christ where we are. And the kingdom comes when the king is known. And my responsibility 
as a ambassador for Christ is to make the king known. Jesus will build his kingdom. Right. And God is building his kingdom. Yeah. And it's coming in the future. And But take the pressure off of yourselves. Pray for opportunities, but then just say the kingdom comes when the king is known and I can just make the king known. Yeah. And he'll do the rest. Right. And it's God who's added to their number daily, you know, mm-hmm. when we're reading in Acts. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully that's encouraging um, to you guys that are listening. And by you guys, I mean your mom and my mom. Hey, mom. <laughs> hey, Julianne. Just kidding. And last thing I would say, too, is that, that has helped me. Um, I will wrap it up. But uh, don't be afraid to, like, yeah, educate yourself on different worldviews. Like, I, mm. I used to spend a lot of time afraid to, you know, I was kind of like, shun, you know, away from a different worldview rather than actually learning about it um, and, and learning how maybe the gospel answers some of those deeper desires. Mm. And that's really helped me give a lot of, give, just give me confidence, not in myself, but in like, man, Jesus knows what he's doing. And this, this gospel really is good news. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's it. We'll wrap it up there for today. If you want to get a copy of Robbie Searson's new book, God, the gospel and gas prices. <laughs> you can't, where can you get that? Uh, it's on uh pausable. It's a audio book. I can pre-order it. Yeah. Pausable. It's called. Okay. Pausable.com. Pausable. I can't remember. Yeah. Go it's somewhere it. on the internet. Yeah, Google it. If you can't find it, it's not that God, it doesn't, it's not prices. that it doesn't exist. It's that you just are bad at using the interwebs. Yeah. So, all right. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hillside Church Podcast. If you found it helpful and encouraging, you can share it with a friend and give us an honest review on whichever podcast platform you use.